The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Welcome. Hi. Hi, this is Gwendolyn. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. And you are at the Visual Workplace. This is our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak. And you know, in each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that. We look at how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the living, breathing, dynamic landscape of work through visual devices and visual systems. How to install the language of our current level of operational excellence, even if we are not quite as excellent as excellent as we wish we would be or as we know we will be in a little while. When we make that level concrete and specific by way of visual devices, systems, mini systems, we can literally see how we think. And we can predict how that thinking will function because we have captured it in devices. The visual workplace is a physical workplace in many, many ways, in many from many points of view. And we bother with this because we get such splendid bottom line benefits. We make, for example, operators part of the business case. We make supervisors part of the business case. They make a contribution, a physical, visual contribution to the business case. The result? Improved safety, better quality, more aligned delivery time, shrinking costs. This happens in maintenance. This happens in hospitals. This happens in purchasing, marketing, and on the so-called C-level, in the corporate level, in the boardroom. Visuality is the language we speak. It is the language of the enterprise embedded through visual systems into the landscape of that work, whatever that work is. So we get these bottom line benefits and we get cultural, splendid cultural alignment, a spirited and engaged workforce on all levels. Again, I want to say not just the operator level, but the supervisor management field level, the dock level, whatever the venue, factories, hospitals, offices, nuclear submarine construction, doesn't matter. Splendid cultural alignment. That is one of the main purposes of workplace visuality. And you know what else happens? We enjoy ourselves at work. And that is because we come to work to work. We want to make our contribution. The only thing is sometimes struggle gets in the way. And that is not enjoyable. And that's another main purpose of visuality, to get the struggle out of work. 
to get rid of those information deficits and to connect the organization so we enjoy our individual work, but we also enjoy working in the context of others. The enterprise grows. It becomes much more stable. It is capable of growth. It is capable of flexibility. Visuality. The perfect partner. The perfect partner to work. Oh, wonderful. So welcome. Welcome. And you know what? We have a very interesting day today. We're going to finish up our discussion from last week. We started last week talking about the master class and talking about the importance of thinking about the business case all the time and also thinking about the role of the trainer, that the trainer isn't just delivering content, but doing much, much more. And I was walking you through an example of a master class we did in Minnesota in January. We'll pick that up in just a few moments, just a few moments. I have a couple of announcements. I want to announce gloriously that we are uh, just began yesterday with an eight-part series on mistake-proofing in our weekly new newsletter, The Visual Thinker. This is work that I and my colleague Martin Hinckley did over about two or three years. We used Martin's research as a base in his work. He's an author of a book called, he is the author of a book called Make No Mistake. He has wonderful, wonderful depth in mistake proofing. He did his doctoral thesis on it and extended that into work that he's been doing uh, everywhere. We collaborated on creating a training system that promotes mistake-proofing as a really important part of your quality system, if not the center of it. And these articles are a way for us to let you know about in little bite-sized pieces, first talking about mistakes and then talking about really what does quality control mean and what do we expect of it and what is the role of SPC. We spent an entire issue on discussing, if you, if, if you will allow me to say so, the um, <laughs> shortcomings of SPC and how SPC is actually not equipped to predict defects, even though the claim is strongly made. And we present in summary form the results of a very interesting study that involved 320,000 defects across over 10,000 quality reports by very large aerospace manufacturer, aerospace OEM. And only five, only five of those defects were associated with variation. The rest were mistakes. It was just a glut of a study that mounted up the evidence that, well, two things. SPC does not address the problem with the problem with quality and mistake proofing is really a separated dimension of quality because it is where we must focus. So we talk about mistakes in due to complexity, mistakes in adjustments, which is the same thing, complexity, and just plain mistakes, human error that happens. So we take these eight articles to set up the problem and to provide what we consider to be an outstanding solution, our methodology, SMS, simplify, mistake-proof, and set it, set, and settings, set settings. This methodology is now available online for engineers. It's an eight-part system. It's just outstanding, uh, narrated by Martin, and um, I'd like you to 
think about it. Please read the newsletter articles. You can subscribe to our newsletter by emailing us or just going on to our website, visualworkplace.com. Very excited about that. It took us a long time to write those articles. Martin and I wrote them together. They're published under his signature. So I also want to encourage you to check out our calendar of public seminars that are coming up. We are. Th- this is also posted on our website and in our n- weekly newsletter. We're going to be doing um, work in California, New Mexico, Boston, Rhode Island. All the dates are there. I'll be spending a month in the UK doing um, public seminars in the kind of just outside of London, about an hour and a half outside of London in a place called Buckingham. We are connected with the University of Buckingham and John Pacino and the fine people there and also working with them uh, for a public seminar in Ireland at the Boston Scientific Site. So all of that is very, very interesting. Please join us. Please join us and get visual. And visit our video gallery on our homepage, visualworkplace.com. We add new clips all the time. There's really some nice stuff there that you can simply look at and read and share with your colleagues. We think it's very good. And lots and lots of podcasts. We have like over 150 podcasts. Plus, we're creating a new gallery of our articles, and then we'll have a gallery of our podcasts that will be really slick and easy for you to access. We're very excited about that, and I want to take my hat off to the great, the incomparable Horatio Fairburn, who is our technical manager, who is making all of this happen through the genius of his IT brain, a brain I do not understand, a brain I do not share. But boy, am I grateful it's there. So join us. This is the Visual Workplace. We are Visual Thinking, Inc. and the Visual Lean Institute. We love what we do. We want to share it with you. This is our fifth year of this show, and we love reaching out to you all over the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your letters, your emails, and your phone calls. Please feel free. You can email us at radio at visualworkplace.com, radio at visualworkplace.com, or through our website, We always respond. If we haven't responded, somehow your dear email got lost. So please contact us again and say, hey, you guys. Hey, you bozos. What are you doing over there? This is the second time I've written. We apologize in advance. So today, we are going to plump up some of the learning that came out of the master class that I did in January on work that makes sense, operator-led visuality, in January in Minnesota. Those two words should never be in the same sentence together without the word not. Not in Minnesota or not in January. It was 19 degrees below. As I like to say, I say it perhaps too often. I walked from the airport terminal and got onto the bus and my hair just stood up and screamed. My head, my scalp has never been that cold. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Anyway, very cold, very wonderful people, very wonderful learning. You know, I learn so much when I train you. You teach me so much. I am so grateful for the opportunity. I am not being mamby-pamby about this or, or, or exaggerating. I am so grateful for the opportunity to work with you, especially when I'm training trainers or what we call the master class, because I learned so much. And I'm sharing that good part of that today. So the focus was to prepare a group of in-house trainers 
in using work that makes sense, a system for operator-led visuality. We're helping them to use the system more effectively. Work that makes sense is a system of thinking. It is not a tool. It is not even a system of tools. It is, as I like to say it, an array of principles and practices that create an outcome that is sustainable because of the way it was created. The principles are the building blocks of the system and they are the architecture of the sustainability. The outcome is operator-led visuality. So I'm going to kind of map the system a little bit, but today what I want to really focus on, and we'll get to that in about 10 minutes, I just have to catch people up who weren't here last week or remind you of what happened in case some of that has faded. But we want to make the case that operators can really impact the business case directly, even though they're working on an area, area-based improvement of, of information sharing, visual information sharing, you, you as a trainer can kind of move things. You as a company can kind of move the, the perspective so it becomes a business case improvement and not just a bunch of solutions. So we'll talk about that when we come back from our first break. I'll be here and I look forward to it. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network.
You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and you are at the Visual Workplace. We're in the second part of our show. We're talking about getting business results out of training operators in workplace visuality. And I have to kind of build the case so you understand. We're looking at this from the point of view of a master class of how do you prepare for this? What are the components of making this happen? We are not looking deeply at the methodology. For trainers and trainers in the master class, they've already gone through the methodology. There are 12 modules of learning. They've watched them before they even show up. So they know what the content is. The question is, how do I take this system and turn it into what it's supposed to be, a transformation of thinking, so that there is long life for the company in utilizing this material and utilizing the considerable resources it takes to create a change, to train people, to follow up the application, not even talking about the license fee or anything like that, but just the investment of hope and resources that this change will be a substantial one, an important one, that there will be a ripple on the, on the surface of the pond. And in fact, it will change the pond and turn it into a lovely, a fluid, a river, a river of benefit. So when we talk about operator-led visuality or even supervisor-led or CEO-led, because all of this happens through visuality, the four same principles are there. We're not talking about tools. We're talking about a system of thinking, and it happens on whatever level you are and you you decide to get visual. The principles are the same. First, the problem. Here's the principle of the problem. The problem is information deficits in the workplace, missing information in the workplace. So we look for what's not there, which is missing information. The second piece is the only way we can see them, the only lever we have to find what, can't, what is not there is through their symptom, and it's called motion, motion moving without working. So that's number two. Number three, the remedy for missing information is to... Build the missing information into the living landscape of work through visual devices. So the remedy is a visual solution. And the fourth part is the thinking, the engine behind that visual solution is the I, the person, the individual. The individual comes up with these devices. And I've got, I want to say something more about that in a moment. It is eye-driven. So the four components are information deficits, motion as a lever, visual, visuality as a solution, and eye-driven as the engine. That all comes together in my definition of visual thinking. Visual thinking is the ability of a person, your ability and mine, to recognize the enemy motion and the information deficits that trigger it, and then to eliminate both the motion and the information deficits through solutions that are visual. And we do that on 
every level of the organization. So how do we build that in so that it lasts? We, what we're doing is we're taking principles, we're turning them into a system of thinking so that when you train correctly, you create an outcome that is by its very nature, deep, abiding, cared for, aligned, in other words, sustainable. There's so much talk about sustainment nowadays, and it's because these methodologies are, first of all, some of them are a little bit weak in terms of the content. I don't worry about that at all with work that makes sense, or any of my work for that matter. God gave me that gift anyway. I'm thorough. (laughs) I'm certainly thorough. But how do you teach it so it grabs? It has to grab the trainer first, and then the trainer grabs whoever the student is, the participant. So, when I teach a master class, you can call it a training of trainers. I have four main objectives in mind, four dimensions, if you will. And this is across a period of almost five days, pretty intense. These four dimensions or objectives are woven together continuously so that you have a kind of a multi-level event. The first, and this is what we did last week, I'm going to name the four, help trainers become more effective trainers. Show them how to teach, give them lesson plans, give them a chance to practice, give them feedback. And show them what to teach from the point of view, and this is really important, what not to teach. Pre-select what you teach. You have to say yes to the few and wait to the many. You have to, to do, and this is number Two now. Number one is help trainers become more effective. Number two is do your homework. Teach trainers the importance of going out and finding the change that they want before they teach it. Pre-selecting. Number three is see and build the business case at all time. At all times, you're always thinking business case especially when you're training operators, especially when you're training supervisors and CEOs. You're always thinking business case. And the fourth dimension, which happens over about a day and a half, sometimes a day, but usually a day and a half during these five days, is to teach a group of operators or if you're in a hospital, health technicians, smart placement. Teach it in real time because it's a very, very rich uh, four modules out of 12 And it's about this formula called function plus location equals flow. Teach that in real time to, let's say, operators the way we did in Minnesota so that your trainers can see a master trainer, in this case me, teach it and they can see the harvest and they know what the techniques are for getting the harvest out of this marvelous, marvelous array. So in last week's show, we talked almost exclusively about helping trainers become more effective. And this week, we'll take the other other part. So just to give you a quick, quick, quick summary, quick, quick, quick. We're at Fast Global Solutions. They manufacture conveyor and building uh, conveyor systems for uh, FedEx and UPS distribution centers. They do ag equipment, for example, for John Deere, ground support equipment for the airline industry, Delta and American Airlines, and 
large packaging distribution as well. They have a very strong market. They do great work. Their director of operations, Sam Wagner, is a former plant manager. He reports to Eric Colstar. Both of these men are very, very up on improvement methodologies, very smart, good, good people. Sam is responsible for operations, about 600 employees across five sites, fabrication, welding, paint, assembly, final assembly, and some warehousing. They have a deep product line, lots of SKUs, good speed, not yet great, solid quality, not yet perfect, really, really fine people to work with. Sam has five specialists on his team that focus on improvement, continuous improvement, and they plus uh, a person from a nearby plant, Ben uh, Bonstead from Alexandria Industries, joined us for this training of trainers. We usually have 14. We had the pleasure of only having eight, which is makes it a – you can go deeper, to tell you the truth. You can go deeper. So all of these people are Minnesota nice. We're doing the training of trainers. We are helping the trainers be more effective by going over – a lesson plan template. We're happy to send you that template. Just email us at radio at visualworkplace.com and we show them how to debrief and basically take care of the content and delivery aspect, normalizing the room, the importance of clear instructions, gauging yourself, summarizing. And they quickly understood and they quickly uh, uh, applied this. We saw them do it in front of our very eyes. They became more effective teachers. And many of uh, – three out of the uh, five people have come up through the ranks and have uh, – do not have professional training background. But we gave them what we consider the essence of that. And I will also say, as I said last week, they will now, I'm hoping, go on to Toastmasters, which is practically free. It's like $20 a year to refine their skills and to build their confidence and to make them more compelling and more clear and to help them make decisions about what's effective and what's not. I want to recommend Toastmasters to you for your company. They're going to be nearby. You can, And it's kind of like a volunteer organization, but they're like two million of these Toastmasters throughout the country. There's easily 20,000 little chapters. And they want to come and help you and they want to help the people who work in your factory or in your hospital present themselves, be able to hold the room and talk and not die of fright, but in fact, bring this internal resource out. Get in touch with them. They will help you. You may have to pay them a little bit, but not a lot, not a lot. And they will also come to your community college and be part of that. So please, please, please. I am promoting them, shouting out. So we have to turn well-meaning and earnest CI specialists into coaches, into good, solid trainers. And we saw that progress happen. Very good. So now we're moving on to the second set of components. The three go together. The importance of doing your homework, seeing and building the business case, and teaching smart placement. Let me, let me get started on the homework piece before we go into our break. When you teach, you have to go out and see the change you say you want to happen. You have to go out and find the change that you are teaching in the work areas before you train it 
this is called homework. It's done in advance. I'm not sure what that's what you mean by that, but in order to teach, you have to do your homework first. You have to look for the information. You have to look for the examples. You have to look and see, understand, envision. And then you have to decide, is it there or not there? For example, a trainer who's learning, who's teaching work that makes sense, knows that there are 19 different types of borders, not just a framing a box border or outlining an aisle, but borders that function that actually contribute to the business case. You can build in time. This isn't 5S. We're not talking about a compliance framework. We're talking about a thinking framework. And so the borders function. You have to go out into the work area and you have to see those borders and see where there's an opportunity for a double border function or for a person with border or with a border, a border that incorporates time. Hmm? You have to see that and then you come back and you teach it. And when, you, when we come back from this break, I'll tell you what to do if you don't find them because sometimes you don't find them right after the next break. We're going to go into it now. I'll be here when you get back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. Welcome to the third part of our show today at the Visual Workplace. We are glad you are with us. And we are talking about the power of homework. 
when you are training, for example, work that makes sense. The power of going out yourself as the trainer and finding the change that the material, the lesson you are about to teach, says it wants. You find it first. You grab a memo pad. You go to the area. If you're looking, if you're going to be teaching borders, the module on borders, which is a glorious module, probably best taught in two pieces so people can absorb it. You grab a memo pad, you go to the area, and you find them. Person with borders, double function borders, borders that are framing, surround borders, etc., etc. Borders that capture time. You find them or you don't. But you know that you can't find them. You know you can only find three of the 19. So you know when you teach that you in your way, have a deficit of learning. Either you're not seeing it or it isn't there. This is an intellectually important way to exercise your own expertise. And it is also emotionally honest. To know for yourself that you can't find an application that you're about to teach, you need to know that. You can take a buddy with you and see if he or she can find it, get help. But even if you both can't find them, doesn't mean you don't teach it. You just know that there's a limit to your teaching, your examples. I have found myself in this very, very often, and I created the materials. But I have to go out and find it. And during a master class, we, the, the trainers go out. I send them out. Go find this. I'll join you in a moment. Find it. And what they do is... They have to stand in complete silence for four minutes and not ask any questions, but just use their eyesight. They go to one of the targeted areas that they're about to teach, about to train, and they look for the change in silence. After four minutes, we partner people up so they have a buddy to talk to. Talk to the buddy, or if they need another four minutes or another few minutes, they go down for another dive. Because what happens in that silence is that all the other questions fall away and you have just one question, can I find it? Or your question might be, what the heck am I looking for? Or what does this mean? But you encounter yourself in this homework during the training of trainers, you encounter yourself in your resource, in who you are. And then it makes it much easier for me as the trainer of trainers to build on that, to help people build on that, to let them know how to draw from that, and to let them know, you know, it is okay to walk into your session room and say, I'm going to teach you something. I'm going to take, teach you six things today. Four of them I know about, but the other two I need your help on. And when you get there, maybe you, you're at a principle called in smart placement, store things, not air. You say, look, I'm going to teach you this. I want you to pay attention, special attention, because I didn't find a single application of this in your area. I was there two days ago. I spent a chunk of time. I couldn't find it. But I want you to find it. If you can't, you can't. But I, I'm thinking that your eyesight is a lot better. And this is a point that I'm going to make in a few moments. 
when you teach a system of thinking based on principles, you cannot gauge the extent to which, let's take operators, operators will absorb that, those principles of thinking, and take them places that you have never imagined. You go out and do your homework, and you know what you can see and what you can't see. You, you know the depth of your knowledge, but you also know where you have a deficit, and you bring that to the classroom genuinely, authentically, and you say, hey, let's partner this together. Let me see where you can go. I'm going to show you this technique. Let me say, see how far you go in it. Same way with mini systems. You go out and you find those mini systems. And you will have a cluster of them, but once you teach them and you know, you can feel the confidence of your, that the fact that you know where this gets applied, you will be astonished at how much further your participants go. The confidence of doing your homework will give a whole new vibration to your teaching. You will be believable and you will be compelling because you've already been there. This isn't kind of hold your coffee cup type teaching. This is collaborative teaching because both of your brains, all of your minds are joining in the challenge. So let me tell you what happened when we did this is kind of tying into now smart placement and the business case because that's what I want to accomplish in what's left of the show. What happened when we did this in Minnesota? We had three groups looking at three areas, and there were two operators in each group. And then the gentleman who was making the video, who was on a light duty because he had hurt his hand, he joined one of the groups which happened to be in his area. He had so much, he had been, his name is Tom, he had been in the training throughout and he just couldn't resist anymore. He was watching two people kind of take apart his area and uh, he said, hey, can I join them because uh, this is actually my area as well. And by the way, I will say, so you know, any of the changes that went on in the training were not put into effect because we only had representative operators in that group. There were two in an area of maybe seven or eight people and it was a three-shift operation. So we couldn't make any change, but they were there and we were very grateful to give the trainers an, a, a chance to watch me train operators directly so they could see the scope and they could see the detail and they could see how I handled it when I ran up against either barriers or opportunities. So we were very grateful, but no change happened. Nevertheless, these six and then seven operators really took it seriously. And there was one table that was a well booth. Chet and Matt sat there. And Chet and Matt went through the methodology of smart placement, these four modules, they made their what is map to find their motion. They understood by making this map and tracking their motion why they were always pressed for time and where the confusion was and where the information deficits were and how the location of function was actually creating struggle. That was the first part. The second part was to make a dream map or could be map. Many of you are familiar with my um, smart placement methodology to do a second map and to change the location of function 
and therefore change the direction, the speed, the complexity of the flow. Simplify that. And they did that, and I taught them, and I taught them well. But we were not prepared for what happened next. So we're quite used to people getting in tune with the struggle in their work area through work that makes sense. We're quite used to people feeling the connectivity with upstream and downstream through work that makes sense because of smart placement thinking, because they understand seeing it and doing it with their own hands. The function of the location of function will determine the flow and the entanglement of the flow. And so in the welding booth, that particular day, the map that they did was on a turntable that they were welding. It had about three hours worth of work content. And the weldments would be fed in. The weldments were stored, the kind of sub-assemblies, if you're not familiar with welding. The weldments were stored um, on the side of this booth, this plastic curtain booth, off to the side. And when a particular unit was done, it was kind of shuffled off to the side on a cart. For example, a turntable and a new turntable would come. They were not yet JIT. They were not yet lean. There was not yet pull. And right there in front of our very eyes, we saw these two men, Chet and Matt, apply these principles and move through the entire lean cycle to pull. It happened in about... I would say an hour and a half because the mapping takes its time, the thinking we've got 14 principles to go through that I'm teaching. So they moved through point of use. They moved through putting their holders on, on the jig itself, which they covered so welding slag wouldn't mess up their welding tips. But they brought these tips that they used to leave their welding booth to fetch. They brought it right to the point of use and then covered them. They mapped this all out. They hadn't created the tool, but they were imagining it, inventing it on paper there. And while they were at that, they said, why don't we just move this weldment to the next booth instead of storing it to the side? Because they're waiting for us, but material handling hasn't come by yet to move the weldment to their booth. There's a curtain between us. Why don't we just put this weldment? And I said already they were on wheels. Why don't we just move it down the line? And right there, the business case, there was the business case of the bottleneck in welding disappearing because operators were taught a system of thinking based on principles. They weren't confined to the tool and what the tool could do. They were, their perspective was widened so that they saw the principle behind the tool. The principle, if you will, behind what is it that a hammer does. A hammer throws weight in order to create fixing. It's a fixative. What does a screwdriver do? What's the principle behind a screwdriver? A screwdriver tightens and untightens. These are principles the shape of the tool happens to be the way that we've thought about doing it, our latest invention. And so the business case came roaring into place. 
Ah, but Joseph is telling me I'm out of time. So I will pick this up when you come back, and I'll be here. Let's go into our last break. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Hi, it's Gwendolyn. We're in our final section of our show today, the fourth section, and I'm so glad you have joined us. It's really a thrill for me to know that you're out there listening and that now we're in our fifth year, you're finding this of some good use in your own business and in your own personal development. Maybe you're a CEO, maybe you're an operator, maybe you're a trainer, maybe you're, a purchasing, you're in purchasing, maybe you work in a hospital at the reception desk. Wherever you are, you're encountering information deficits. And we have this beautiful language called the language of visuality that we can cure those deficits and take the struggle, some more struggle or all the struggle out of our work by making our workplace speak. Remember what visual thinking is. The ability of a person to recognize the enemy motion and the information tr- deficits that trigger that motion and then to eliminate both through solutions that are visual. We take the missing information, we turn it into embedded information. When we do that, the motion disappears. This is the beginning of a workplace that speaks, a workplace that is populated not by hundreds but by thousands of visual devices and mini systems invented by a workforce that thinks 
a workforce that knows how to think visually. That's what we're talking about. And that's what the master class is about. The master class is about teaching trainers how to teach thinking. The content is there. But how do you make the connect? How do you get the grab? Yes, there are lots and lots of issues about implementation, management, support. Of course they are addressed. But they are not addressed in a master class for trainers. They are addressed on either sides of it. And there are components of work that make sense that is that targets directly management's management's role. And we say this is the protocol. And we help them put that into place if they need help. If not, we encourage them and thank them. Can operators really impact the business case directly? You bet they can if they learn how. And the only way they can learn how is if your trainers have been trained with the expectation of that in mind. Great expectations. Great expectations for training that is not only full of impact, but is built in, by definition, naturally sustainable. Trainers have to learn how to find that first in themselves. And the piece that I'm dwelling on now, which is tightly connected with the business case, is the importance of trainers doing their homework so they find the change they seek before they train the operator in that change. You do advanced homework. It is critical. It's critical if you're doing SPC training. It's critical if you're doing lean training. But it's not spoken of. The onus, the burden, the responsibility of the trainer, for the most part, is just deliver the content and make sure the application happens. But how much greater the contribution is if the trainer is moving towards mastery widening their own improvement intelligence so that you can coach dramatically in the right direction instead of simply being emotional support. You can do it. I know you can. Instead of saying, as I did with one particular group, as I almost always do, they were using the walls as, the bo- as a boundary of their work. I couldn't get them to move any of the functions away from the walls, even though lining them, ag- lining them up against and around the wall in a little rectangle, locating function in that way was a major trigger of their motion. And so I said to them, they were grumpy at first, but, you know, we, we had an honest relationship. I said, okay, I'm going to be back in about six minutes. I don't want to see anything against the wall. Not a single thing. And don't talk to me about the crane. The crane stays in put. It's called what's called a yellow. The state, uh, the, the train, sorry, the crane stays in place is what I meant to say. But all the other stuff, nothing against the wall. Because we were on a principle of smart placement called flow. Use the flow. Let the flow do the work. Principle eight. Let the flow do the work. And as soon as you start As soon as you ask operators to look at flow, they are looking at time. They are looking at the cause of struggle. It isn't just point of use. It is flow. Grumpy, grumpy, grump, grump. I said, I know you can do it. And I got this donut left over from this morning. I'm going to split it in three. This is the table Tom was at. Don't use the walls. 
And as soon as they moved away from the wall, because I had seen it when I went down and did my homework with the trainers, we had, as, as it were, seen it together. They suddenly saw that their material could come in in a completely different part of the boundary. You know, right there at the aisle, certain things could be staged. Where before they were, it was brought right into the middle of the room because all the, perim- the perimeter was completely occupied with stuff, with shelves and cabinets and lots and lots of parts, component parts, consignment parts. I felt very good about that. I felt good about showing it to the trainers and I felt good about the release and thinking that happened in the operators. And they created something that was wowzer. It was incredibly different from their previous map. They did it all within a day, top to bottom. They broke through because the principals were there and because I as a trainer had done my homework. And although I did not see the depth of change they brought, I triggered it, this advanced homework that I did. The business impact is never more dramatic then when you help your value-add associates reach for the minimum that you have found and they go beyond it. You have found the minimum. You have found simply a doorway. And time and again we have seen operators go beyond it and impact the business case. You require this of yourself. You know that the training is not completed unless you, through your training, through your training, help help people see what the boss sees and worries about the business case. Now you have created a partnership between senior management and value-add associates, a partnership that is not simply an idea, but that is living and breathing. And it is one of contribution. This is what we want I'm talking about this is what I want as a value-add associate. This is what, changing my role, I want as a CEO. I want this connectedness. So the role of a master class is to turn your trainers into agents of the company, stewards of the corporate intent so that they can help others join that. This is what we mean by employee empowerment. This is a powerful role. This is sharing the power of the company's future, not through stock options, but through thinking and commitment and abiding care. These principles, they speak to our heart. Of course they do. They have to. But they also speak to our desire for excellence, the excellence that is there in that work area. We just haven't found it yet. That it's our job as human beings to create. We create. How do you do that at work? It isn't about fun and games. It's about taking on the serious work of making the business stable and growing. (laughs) I had a wonderful time with you today. This concludes this particular uh, time through Masterclass and Training Trainers. But I hope you got the flavor of it. It's wonderful work. I am so deeply appreciative of every opportunity to do this. Please contact us if you, you want us to train your trainers. We are happy to. And this is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm going to sign off now. Let the workplace speak.
we appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.